Hello, and welcome to another Imagining Freedom podcast, which is focused on our rights and freedoms. One of the reasons I've objected to the mask mandate, apart from the fact that I don't like my breathing supply being restricted, and that in my opinion, it's designed to spread fear, but one of the other things I've always thought that the mask mandate was about was that it would morph into the vaccine passports. And as the vaccines were being rushed into production, there were all kinds of scary head- headlines and statistics appearing in the, in the news. Reasons why we had to keep being afraid and keep wearing the masks. That is, the ones who comply with all this nonsense. I've complied with it on three occasions. Once because I was visiting an old lady in a care home, even though we had to talk to her from outside the window. And once when I was visiting a nervous neighbour. And once because I was with a compliant friend and I just wasn't in the mood to talk politics. I love climbing, but when lockdown ended and the climbing centres reopened, I didn't go back there and I haven't been back because there's no way I'm going to wear a mask when I'm climbing. And even if I only have to wear it around reception or when I'm not actually climbing, I'm not going to do it for three reasons. C, because it's ridiculous, irrational, and it makes no sense at all. B, because I refuse to be part of this fear propaganda. And A, because I know that it's going to morph into vaccine passports. And this is exactly what is happening now in some parts of the world. A few months ago, I visited what used to be my favourite climbing centre to drop off a book I was lending to one of my climbing friends. It was so weird seeing mostly very fit people wearing climbing gear and face masks. It looked like a scene from a dystopian film. Another climbing centre that I used to frequent recently circulated an email survey asking its regular customers some thoughts on the handling of COVID, including for their opinion on face masks as a condition of entry. And of course, I answered that I would not visit the climbing centre as long as face masks were a condition of entry. When the results of the the survey were announced, it appeared that most people had said they would prefer face masks to be a condition of entry. And these are people who are fit enough to go climbing regularly. I suppose it's up to them. I'm all for choice, to be honest. So, a few weeks later, the centre announced... Mask wearing, we are not going to change that policy at all. We thought there was a real keenness from customers to see that continue. Failure to comply with this will mean that we ask you to leave. So I haven't gone back to the climbing centres that I used to love, which is sad, but hardly the end of the world. This is my line in the sand. I do believe that this will morph into vaccine passports. So how long is it before they'll be turning away people who haven't been double jabbed? The science behind this, if you can call it science, is distinctly questionable. In my last podcast, I discussed the recent research from Public Health England showing that more people who have been double jabbed have died with the Delta variant than people who have not had the vaccination. Actually, the figures of double-jabbed deaths and hospitalisations have increased in the latest Public Health England figures. 
Last month, 224 double-jabbed people in England had died or been, been hospitalised with the Delta variant, compared to 165 unvaccinated people. The latest figures say that 402 double-jabbed people have died or been hospitalised with the Delta variant, compared to 253 unvaccinated people. Which means that the number of double-vaccinated people dying or being hospitalised with this variant is increasing. In fact, the number of double-jabbed people who have died or been hospitalised with the Delta variant has increased by 176 in the past month, compared to an increase of 88 for the number of unvaxxed people who have died or been hospitalised with the variant. This suggests that the serious effects of the Delta variant are affecting twice as many double-vaxxed people as unvaccinated people in England. It certainly seems that the concerns of antibody-dependent enhancement and vaccine-associated disease enhancement that were expressed in several scientific research papers before the COVID vaccines were developed and in the UK government's MHRA papers at the start of the vaccine rollout are now sadly being borne out in reality. Could this just be a blip? It doesn't seem like it is. Because there's research coming in from many other parts of the world that also shows fully vaccinated people being hospitalised in much greater numbers than the unvaccinated. This is a global phenomenon. In my last podcast, I spoke about Fiji in the South Pacific experiencing an increase in COVID deaths despite, or maybe because of, the introduction of a no-jab, no-job policy in early July. Since that policy was introduced, the numbers of COVID deaths in Fiji have sadly continued to rise. In the United States, a CDC study recently reported that 74% of people who were infected with COVID and 4 out of 5 people who were hospitalised with COVID in Massachusetts were fully vaccinated. And Israel's Ministry of Health is apparently reporting that huge percentages of people who are hospitalised and dying with COVID have been fully vaccinated. This information was presented in an interview with Dr Jane Ruby on a channel called Stu Peters TV. And here's an excerpt. And by the way, I'll put the link to this in the show notes. Um, I want to bring also to your attention to the fact that Israel, which is now a Petri dish for the Pfizer company, is reporting through their Ministry of Health uh, that they have huge numbers right now of people uh, in the hospital and dying. Let me just bring up the uh, their their uh, report. It's the the numbers are astounding, Stu. Uh, I'm going to read you the percentage of people in a, a couple of age categories, 20 to 29 uh, years old. Uh, almost 80 percent of the COVID cases in the hospital in Israel, 78.1 uh, percent are fully vaccinated. These are fully vaccinated numbers. Uh, at, in the age of 50 to 59, 87 percent of the hospitalizations with COVID right now 
are uh, fully vaccinated people. Uh, and over 60, the 60 to 69 year old group, 91% of that population uh, is fully vaccinated and in the hospital with serious illness of COVID-19. And then Dr. Ruby goes on to discuss the case of Iceland, which has a very high vaccination rate in its population. But figures released by its Ministry of Health show significantly higher rates of COVID infection among the vaccinated. Now, let's take a look at at the country of Iceland. Iceland's Ministry of Health is reporting uh, that they're matching infection rates with the vaccinated. They looked at their numbers from 28 February to 15 June of this year. And what, what you see here in this chart is that the blue bar represents uh, fully vaxxed people and the orange bars going across the timeline represent unvaxxed people. You can clearly see that the blue bars uh, are the majority of the number. They're huge numbers compared to the orange numbers, meaning that the people that are dying and that are in the hospital there uh, are fully vaxxed. And we bring Iceland in because they have such a high uh, injection rate. And Dr. Ruby then goes on to discuss the phenomenon of antibody-dependent enhancement, or AID, which is also associated with VAID, or vaccine-associated disease enhancement. And I discussed these phenomena in my last podcast, and I also mentioned an article from the scientific journal Nature that warned about this before the vaccine rollout. And it's interesting that Dr. Ruby also mentions an article from the scientific journal Nature that warned about this, but it's a different article. So it shows that scientific journals were really aware of this danger and were actually sounding the alarm before the rollout of these vaccines was started. So this is this is not only becoming a problem in the United States, this is happening all over the world. It is likely related to what you've heard of as antibody-dependent enhancement. And antibody-dependent enhancement, very simply, is the body overreacting, once it's uh, re-exposed, if you will, to natural uh, variations of coronaviruses that we've always lived with in our environment. Uh, these people who are vaccinated, we call them vaccinated or injected with this, these, these materials from Pfizer and Moderna, AstraZeneca and J&J, Uh, These people now, when they are subsequently exposed to any type of coronavirus, their bodies are overreacting. They're reacting with symptoms, difficulty breathing, uh, uh, chest pain. They're sick. They have fever. They're being brought to the hospital. They're very challenging to treat. They're not responding to anything. Uh, and so we we believe a lot of experts believe, and I'm I'm in touch with a, a lot of uh, a lot of key people on this that this is really antibody dependent enhancement uh, coming home, as I said, to fruition. Now there was an article uh, published actually last year by Dr. Lee and his team. It's called Antibody Dependent Enhancement in SARS-CoV-2 Vaccines and Therapies. And, and they warned that this had been happening in the preclinical work. And when they had started to do some uh, uh, individual tests in animals, mammals, and a little bit in human populations, they warned that these resulted in failed vaccine trials. 
governments around the world are aware of this. The UK government will be kept informed of Public Health England reports. So why are they continuing to coerce people into having these vaccines? Surely they should be calling a temporary halt, at least, at the very least, until more is understood about this phenomenon. Our governments are urging us to take vaccinations that have been rushed out without being fully tested, that have vaccine-associated disease enhancement as a known potential risk stated in the official government literature associated with them, the MHRA papers, and it's known that twice as many vaccinated people are suffering the severe effects of the Delta variant as non-vaccinated. With all this knowledge, why is the government still pushing people to take these vaccinations? Why are they not calling a halt to the vaccination programme, at least until more is known? This leads me to conclude that there can be only one reason for this, and it's the whole point of the exercise. It's a deliberate attempt to spread this disease. The fact that it's the very oldest and weakest people in society who are actually dying from it indicates that maybe, maybe this is a cull on the people who are seen as taking up the most resources. Sounds evil? That's because it is evil. And I don't think this is the only aim. As this vaccine-associated disease enhancement spreads the disease, fear will also be spread giving the authorities the excuse for more lockdowns as more people become infected. And the so-called anti-vaxxers will no doubt be blamed. This will be the death knell for many independent businesses, allowing the good ones to be bought up on the cheap by big multinationals, just as happened in the 2008 credit crunch. More people will lose their jobs, Goods will become scarce and the financial system might collapse, building up the perfect storm for the authorities to step in with more controlling measures, maybe the universal basic income, which will only be allocated to those whose vaccination certificates are up to date, who have the track and trace app on their phone. Who knows what you might have to comply with in order to get the so-called free handout? Dependency will be the order of the day. I don't expect the UBI money will be paid in cash. It will probably be paid in electronic tokens that can only be spent, in effect, at the company store. My great-grandfather in the Bahamas was the son of freed slaves, so I know what I'm talking about here. There may be some light on the horizon in that these increasingly authoritarian measures are starting to wake up some of the people who have been very supportive of the COVID restrictions up to now. These people might not be fully awake, so to speak, but they are starting to question things and, in some cases, to push back. I've been following Lewis Rosman on YouTube for about three years. He's a New York business owner who runs a repair shop specialising in Apple products. And he's been campaigning for years for the right to repair. This is because in the US especially, it's becoming harder and harder for independent operators to repair phones and computers. Laws are being brought in and products are being manufactured in such a way that make independent repair increasingly difficult. 
In the UK and the EU, our laws are not quite so restrictive, but many of the tech products we buy here are manufactured in the US. And in fact, the reason that I found Lewis's YouTube channel in the first place was because I wanted to buy a new phone or tablet computer. This was a few years ago. But I was having problems finding one that had replaceable batteries. This means that you have to keep replacing your de device, which is not only expensive for the consumer, but it's horrendous for the environment. And I'll probably say more of this in another podcast. Lewis Rosman is just brilliant at getting his point across. I don't know how he manages to run a business that seems to be pretty successful and put out several YouTube videos every day. He has a big following on YouTube and Odyssey and he counts Steve Wozniak, the co-founder of Apple, among his supporters. He's a very articulate, fast talker and I'm a real admirer of him. But... I don't agree with him on several issues around COVID. He supports masks and many other COVID mandates that have been brought in. But as a big supporter of free speech and the right for people to hold an opinion, even if it's different from mine, I'm happy to continue watching his channel. So it was really interesting to see Lewis Rosman doing a major video rant against New York Mayor Bill de Blasio's order that proof of COVID vaccinations will be required for a range of indoor venues, including gyms and restaurants, for employees and for customers. And I'm guessing that would include climbing centres too, starting in mid-September. I mean, this is New York and I live in Scotland but I'm sure that'll be the case here soon, unless we push back against it. This mandate, known as the Key to NYC Pass, is said to be part of efforts to combat the spread of the Delta variant. And going by what the science says, that's the science being reported by governments around the world, it's clear that this policy is nothing short of idiocy. Because the vaccinations appear to be actually increasing the serious effects of the Delta variant, certainly not protecting people against it. But even if this wasn't the case, I think this policy is outrageous because freedom of choice over what people put into their bodies is a fundamental right. Lewis makes it very clear in his video that he's far from being an anti-vaxxer. In fact, he has had his two COVID jabs and he displays his vaccine record card in the video. And he says that he advises others to get vaccinated too. But like me, he supports people's right to choose what form of medication they take. De Blasio also added that the city will begin inspecting businesses for compliance in mid-September. All affected customers and workers can either provide their vaccination cards or upload their proof of vaccination to the Excelsior Pass application. So what that means is that they're going to start going around to businesses and asking, are you making sure everybody that enters is vaccinated? And if you let a customer into your business without asking them a personal health question about what they have injected into themselves, then you will get fined and shut down, Mr. Business Owner. That's right. That's right. 
businesses that are so fucking desperate from being shut down, from having the restrictions off and on like a yo-yo the all year round, that are so desperate that they are building sheds on the street and adding a second level to the shed just so they could add 60 square feet to the dining experience so they could fit one more customer in hopes of paying their rent. These are the people that you think are going to be selecting their customers that have the luxury to be able to pick out who gets to give them money and who doesn't based on their personal health decisions. Fuck you, Mayor de Blasio, and fuck the horse you rode in on. There's another aspect to this, and that is the burden of responsibility being placed on independent businesses in New York and elsewhere, many of which are already reeling due to the lockdowns. In previous videos, Lewis has spoken of the fines that he received from the New York City authorities for flouting certain regulations, and that when he asked the authorities how he could ensure that he was complying with these regulations, they couldn't give him a clear answer, leading him to conclude that they wanted to be able to keep, keep issuing the fines. That fits in with everything I've noticed about governments and councils in the UK and elsewhere. They seem to be getting increasingly corrupt, to the point where stories of horrendous corrupt corruption can appear in the mainstream media and people will just shake their heads and sigh and shrug their shoulders and maybe vote for a different party at the next election. I personally think it's got to the point where we're actually dealing with organised crime. Organised crime has infiltrated most of the world's governments. And maybe this has been going on for a very long time and we're only just beginning to see it, or at least some of us are. I've no idea whether Lewis Rosman would agree with me. He probably wouldn't go that far, but from the way he talks, it sounds as if he's dealing with the mob. If you're saying after the last year and a half of destroying all of these businesses that used to be my customer base, that I now need to reduce my customer base even more while being required to pay my full rent by rejecting people based on their medical status? No, you don't pay my rent, asshole. And I'm not listening to you. It's about time you learn the meaning of the fucking word no. I am done with you. I am done with your restrictions. I am done with your regulations. And I am done with your bullshit. I am not going to require that people have proof of COVID vaccination to enter a fucking laptop repair store. If they're not vaccinated, they get to deal with the consequences of their actions. They're big boys and girls, and they understand the consequences of their actions, and they know what's going to happen, and they know what the risks are. It's not my job as a fucking laptop repair shop owner to decline them business based on their medical decisions. And if you want to inspect my store, and you want to go through shit, and you want to try to shut me down because of it, then fine. Fuck you. I'll take my staff. I'll take my income. I'll take my people and I'll find someplace else to go because that'll be the straw that breaks the camel's back. I am not becoming the fucking vaccination police on top of all the other bullshit that I have to be on top of just to do business in this city. I don't care if you come in here and try to find me for not following an authoritarian rule because what I've learned about this city is that even when I do follow all your rules to the letter, you will still find a way to come in here and find me based on a technicality for a rule that the people who work for this city are so fucking stupid that they can't even explain when asked what the rule is. So I don't care. And I really do hope that more people start pushing back against this bullshit, against this garbage dystopia that we are starting to live in. 
I just love that rant. I can so understand his exasperation. No doubt this would sound outlandish to many people. But it sounds to me like he's dealing with the mob. And the mob are trying to enlist him and others like him to act as their small-time drug pushers. In another video, Lewis said that some people have said that he should have drawn his line in the sand much sooner. And that's exactly why I refuse to wear a face mask. That is my line in the sand. And if it means that I don't get to go to the climbing centre, then that's too bad. It's better than moving into a dystopian society. If you've enjoyed listening to my podcast, please subscribe so that you don't miss future episodes. If you'd like to make a comment, download a transcript or view the show notes, go to imaginingfreedom.co.uk. Thanks for listening.